Hey, this is Bez Stone. And this is Freya Dietrich. And welcome to the Infinite Relating Podcast. Hi. Hello, welcome back. So happy to be here. Today we are talking about... What? (laughs) (laughs) What not to tell your partner. Not to tell your partner. When not to talk to your partner. Because I feel like the, my, my training, at least in, um, relationships or, you know, from the dominant culture is that, you know, and you, we just, we have this little women's thread and you just, someone just sent a meme that was something similar. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was like, you know, he should make you his number one. And if, if a man doesn't make you his top priority and if he's not always there for you and if he doesn't you know, always want to listen to you, then like pass on that and go find your, you know, he should make you his queen. And yeah, this, well, this idea that you have to be his everything and you have to come before everything. Right. Uh, basically above his sovereignty as a human. Yeah. Or, or he doesn't love you and care about you. And right. that sets us up for such disappointment and heartbreak. Yeah. In the presence of a really great man who loves you. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we wanted to kind of counter that sort of that often dominant narrative about you know transparency even and um sort of what what do we owe each other is sort of one thing we want to talk about today in terms of honesty and communication and privacy privacy and then also um yeah the sense that my partner is not always the best person for me to talk to about what's going on for me yeah which has been up for me this week which is part of what inspired this topic yeah, and this can be really controversial. I feel like most relationship training, you know, we're we're focusing on transparency, which is true. We want transparency, we want honesty, we want direct communication. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean everything, everything. is up for all grab. the time. All the time. Yeah. yeah. We we still get discretion. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and for me, this feels so important because I definitely am a recovering oversharer, <laughs> like a hundred percent. Like I'll recovered. <laughs> oh, I'm much. I'm doing so much. I mean, it used to be really bad. I was like, if I think a, if I think a single thought, if I'm having a single, you know, negative feeling, <laughs> if there's anything going on, I have to tell my partner. And if I don't tell my partner, I'm being dishonest. I'm, yeah. I'm withholding from him. You know, I am um, damaging our relationship and all these things that uh, that are true. Like you said, there's there's truth to this whole concept. And I think for a lot of people, then the practice is to become more honest because we're used to, you know, we're used to not yeah. not sharing the vulnerability and not being totally transparent with people about all of the ooey gooey, right. you know, dark or scary bits inside. So that's that's definitely something that we, like you were saying at the beginning, we obviously believe in. But on the other end of the spectrum is what we're talking about, like, you know, this this compulsion to say everything. And if I'm not saying everything, then either it means that I'm not, you know, I'm not showing up the way I'm supposed to and I'm sabotaging the relationship mm-hmm. or I'm not, you know, I'm not being honest and therefore, you know, it's going to put distance between You're us You're not emotionally something. available. Right. I'm not emotionally available, whatever that is. <laughs> or it means that he's not, he, he's not there for me. He's not know? committed. Yeah. He's not committed. He's not, you know, he doesn't. Um, want to hear about it or I, I'm not in a safe relationship where I can open up about everything so I think that for me this has been such an incredible practice in my current relationship with Max of not leaping to tell him every single time <laughs> there's something going on because about like 10,000 things happen for me most days yeah. that are like in, that are intense you know that are emotions and thoughts and feelings and revelations and you know I'm feeling really in love with him. I'm feeling a little bit distant from him. I'm feeling a little bit scared and vulnerable, you know, that I'm feeling a little bit mad about something that happened. I mean, there's so many, I go through such a full cycle of emotions on a single day right. that a, it's sort of impractical to talk about everything, but also B I've really learned through trying something really different this time around with him that he is, he is not always the best, the best choice to talk to. Like, right. Given all the options of friends, therapists, you know, parents, who, whoever is your support system, um, nature, yourself, you know, journaling, all <laughs> yes. these things. Again, that compulsion to be like, well, if I'm in a good relationship, I tell my partner everything. And if my partner loves me, he or they want to hear everything, right. you know, um, really breaking that myth inside and instead actually tuning in with myself and thinking, 
who is the best person to talk to this about? And often it's not him right away. Like it's really not. Yeah. And I think especially when it has to do with any feelings around them Mm -hmm. or any challenging feelings. And I think it just, it's part of the, it's breaking this model that we've been breaking. I think a lot with infinite relating of, I fall in love with somebody, we partner, and now we isolate, and we're we're everything for each other, yeah. and we bl- we lose all connection with our other friends and support. And so, no, the the person you fell in love with, or the person you you know got excited about, was an entire universe, and they had all of these connections when you met them, and they're going to continue to be their best selves when they stay connected to those mm-hmm. other resources. And when we when we grow in our you know and are supported in a relationship and community, I think we said early on like it takes a village to raise to raise a, a, a partnership, a relationship, yeah. and it really mm-hmm. does because yeah, and I think this is how how this podcast even started is you yeah. and I needing each other every day as we navigated these landscapes of yeah. oh my god I'm freaking out every day <laughs> oh my god I'm freaking out yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. And I think because we were doing infinite relating, we still are, then there's more unknowns. So it made that more apparent to me that I needed to talk with you, you know, and process all these sort of um, revelations or, you know, knowledge that was kind of coming through in terms of what infinite relating was. And, you know, we were doing, collecting all this information in real time. Right. And also, I think for the first time in this relationship, I actually... God, this feels like so horrible to say publicly. (laughs) But I think it's the first time that I've really put, sorry to all my exes, really conscious care into what I put into the relationship. Like Mm. what, what kind of energy, you know, emotional energy language um you know what what am I actually putting in the relationship and if the relationship is like a room or something like that let's say it's like what am I what what am I putting in there you know because in the past I think I really pictured a relationship as um just capable of handling like any amount of bullshit that I could (laughs) throw at it any amount of my emotional expression any amount of my you know obviously I knew complaining was bad so I stopped complaining but instead I would just sort of not, you know, be hiding my complaint behind (laughs) expressing what I wanted or just expressing my feelings Mm. or, you know, expressing the way I wish something were, even though I accept that it's not, you know, I found all these creative ways to actually complain. And I didn't really understand that, like the quality of what I put into the connection between my partner and me, like really matters. And it doesn't necessarily go away. You know, it's not like, oh, let me just vent into this space of our connection. Mm. And then Oh, okay, now, you know, I'm done venting, so now let's move on. And there's this, like, big stinky mess that I just, like, barfed into the space. <laughs> and that's still sitting there. And they get you to know? carry that energy for you now. Totally. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> right. Yeah, or not. We both just, like, smell it for a while. I mean, it's... <laughs> and that's okay, too. You know, and I think I think that you and I... I don't know if it's... Well, I'm just going to talk about this. Um, okay. Are exploring slightly different edges of this issue. Because I think you, from what I understand exploring like speaking up more and sharing more of your guts yes I'm doing the opposite where I'm being transparent for the first time right and and sharing more but I am still I like we were discussing earlier like before the podcast like oh yeah there are places where and this is where our conversations have helped where I'm like I need to check in with you because this I'm feeling something coming up and it doesn't feel like this is really the truth of it that I want to share with him yet Mm -hmm. so when I when I come to this place where I feel like this is my truth and I want to share that has been new new to me to like show him all my vulnerable messy dark spots spaces that I wasn't sharing before that feels great but if it feels like it's a reactivity or an old pattern or like fear and anxiety I want to I've been it's been so much more helpful to like nuance it out with you yeah before I bring it because otherwise it's just this like like I said this like hot big mess and I'm like (laughs) here you fix it please that's exactly it you fix it yeah I was just yeah as you're talking I was thinking okay I'd love to discuss like how do we know you know how do how do I know how do you know when it's something when when it when it's like okay this is my vulnerable truth and I'm gonna reveal it to my partner which is scary but is what we need to create intimacy and will actually bring us closer right and when is it the hot stinky mess that <laughs> actually needs to be sort of vented elsewhere before you can get We're to investigated the truth. yeah and I think for me and I noticed this yesterday because I had this compulsion to reach out to Max because I've been having a bit of a tough time mentally 
and emotionally just going through some mental health stuff and felt this urge to like reach out to him. And I just, I love my, the way my brain turns on into like science mode. And I was like, let me dissect, like, why do I want to reach out to him? Cause I could, I could tell there was some energy to it. There was some weight to it. It wasn't just like, Hey babe, how's it going? I wanted to sort of, you know, tell him how shitty I was feeling. And I was like, why do I want to do that? And I realized it was because I wanted him to save me. You know, I wanted him to fix it, even though I knew he couldn't, even though I wasn't, it wasn't a direct ask. There was no direct ask in there either. Like, Hey, I need some support. Can you call me? Can we talk for five minutes? It wasn't that. It was that, that part that I feel like stereotypically is a very feminine part or people who were, you know, raised in a feminine way. Um, that is like, I just want to unload all of my burdens onto you and <laughs> rip my heart open and just let it, you know, just let it all out. And then you, you make sense of me for me, Ooh. you know, you, you unpack this for me. Like you carry this burden of my emotionality. Like you help, help me, you yeah. know, just be that rescuing. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> Winston. Yeah, the rescuing. Oh, I don't, I don't want, that's why I don't share. That's yeah. why I haven't shared. Cause I think I had that fear of if I share my vulnerability, you're going to try to rescue me and I won't be fucking rescued. (laughs) But, but be here with me in it. Right. Yeah. Right. And that distinction, you know, and I think I'd love to hear more about that too. (laughs) Um, because I do think that's kind of the other side of the coin is that there's a, there's a skill to being able to hear truth also without leaping into fix it mode, which is another kind of classic, you know, gender stereotype. Yeah. It's the other side of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you discern from when you... Yeah. So I definitely, you know, I, I noticed that I have the, comp- have the impulse to reach out, but I haven't just instantly done it. Often when I've instantly done it, then I know that there isn't any baggage around it because I'm just doing it. And I'm mm. like, hey, babe, what's up? You know, stuff like that. Or it has that kind of ring of truth. Um, and sometimes it does happen right away. But I usually investigate if there's something meaty or weighty or charged or substantial that I want to communicate um I do often take at least like you know 30 seconds <laughs> to 30 look seconds is a great start <laughs> yeah at minimum and sometimes it's days you know right. but to start just to at least at least examine and go within and just ask myself you know what is what is what is my motivation here does this feel authentic for me is this the kind of energy I want to be putting into my relationship mm. Because that's another thing that I've been tracking is, um, like we talked about in our episode last week, how just because someone is my lover doesn't mean they have to be my caregiver or my therapist or my confidant. I mean, ideally, your lover is not your therapist, but I don't know. Maybe some people, again, are into that. (laughs) Um, But like in terms of, you know, just because I'm being sexual or intimate or even partnering with someone doesn't mean that. They, they are automatically my, my confidant, you know, right. someone that I process with, someone that I, you know, go through the ringer with and they're there for me holding my hand the whole time. That's actually something with Max that as much as I love um, his support and he's incredibly supportive and he's so wonderful with me whenever I'm struggling and vice versa and we're really there for each other, I actually am not seeking that frequency of, of confidant emotional labor with him at mm. all. I like our relationship to feel more um, playful but deep, you know, fun but authentic, right? Um, loving, sexy, easeful. Like that's actually what I enjoy creating with him most, based on where I'm at in my life and where just what's between us. Like that's, and again, it's not to say that we don't talk about difficult topics because we totally do. It's not that we never have conflict because we also do, and we are real about our lives. Like there's no, there's no withholding or lying or, you know, putting on the smile. So I don't show him how hard a time I'm having. It's not that. Yeah. It's just more Mm -hmm. that in a time of distress for me, I find that I prefer to talk to someone else first and kind of get to the bottom of it. Like we were saying. So I would say those are the first two things I do is like, a, am I looking to get rescued? Cause that is a thing for me. Mm. even though I'm, I self-identify as like an incredibly strong, very fiercely independent person, right. I still have that conditioning once I get to a certain level of intimacy with a guy. At the beginning, I won't do it. Right. But once we're like, you know, we're about to hit six months and once it's like six months, a year, five years, whatever it is, you know, I've just fallen into that patterning so un- unconsciously that's like, well, 
you exist to make my life better. Right. That's that's what we're trained. Right. Like, that's why you're here. Like, I shouldn't be struggling. Like, Mm. I've got a partner. You know, like, that fairy tale. Like, isn't that all I need to not struggle is to have a partner? Pretty sure that's it. It's the magic formula. (laughs) He just needs to kiss you when you're knocked out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm Non-consensually. And then take care of everything for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I check... Am I wanting to be saved even subtly, even without realizing mm, it, even yeah. in a way that's like, you know, I hope he just makes this a little bit better for me. Yeah. Or is he, and then the second one is, is this a kind of energy, is this a kind of frequency quality that I want to be putting into my connection? Is this how I want to be relating with him? Or would I rather talk to my girlfriends and then sort of share the cliff notes with him after the fact, like while we're snuggling in the hot tub or something right. and just be like, Hey, this is what I went through today. And I want you to know. And maybe then I do have a question. Maybe then I do have a request. Maybe then I can say, I want to just be held and seen here, but it's totally different than going through the raw material with right. someone. And then I'm curious, cause you use the word withhold. And I think that's another, <clears throat> excuse me, a big topic is when something feels like we're with, like a withhold from our partner and if so, that's the energy. Like, how do you, because that to me would be, now this is something that you're ruminating about that has to do with Max, that has to do with your partner. Mm. And so how do you navigate what feels like, oh, I owe him my honesty on this or it's a withholding. Right. Or no, this is something that um, that I don't need to process with him or isn't really, maybe even part of it might just be, it's not ready to share. Like some sure. of this might be like, you know, feelings that we need to investigate further, but. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this kind of brings us to the second part of what we wanted to talk about with this topic, which is privacy. Right. And how that was, I think, one of the top hottest things that he's ever done was, it was after we went to Costco. (laughs) I don't know if I've talked about Costco on the podcast. How is that possible? (laughs) (laughs) Costco was a big moment for us. We've been together like a month, maybe a month and a half. Really? Yeah, I think about a month. And, um, you know, up until that point, I'd been keeping it. It was very deep, you know, very quickly, but also there was a way that I was keeping it light in terms of sort of householding type of things. I've got kids and, you know, he had met my daughter, but I was definitely like not wanting any kind of stepfather energy or not wanting to mix those, you know, to, I really liked having him as like my hot lover and I wasn't mm. sure how much I wanted it to be a relationship yet. And we ended up going to Costco, which because I needed to buy some soil for my garden, and he was going to help me lift it. So that was the you know that was a nice thing, a nice reason to go. But I had an absolute panic attack in the store, <laughs> like because my, my daughter came. Right. So that was I think I think going to Costco was hard enough because it felt so coupley, and it felt so just like you know humdrum every day. Like the the people who've been married twenty years and like don't have sex anymore. You know don't talk deeply anymore. They're just going to Costco <laughs> to get the soil and then they're going home to watch TV, which was like my nightmare <sighs> relationship. And then the kid was there on top of it, which which added to it for me because um, I don't know why. I think I just have some trauma around you know family and couplehood and you know fathers and expectations yeah, around that. Things. Yeah. So, oh, and then we ordered a pizza and then it got worse because I was like, oh my God, now we're eating Costco pizza and Costco on our oh horrible family God. date that I'm like absolutely so uncomfortable. Oh, your relationship just got so unsexy. Oh, it got, right, it got so unsexy and it was really scary because I think like heading back into that like mundane, um, disconnected state of mm. feeling like roommates instead of lovers and having the magic be gone. I mean, that's such a horrible feeling. And I really didn't want that to happen. And that it reminded me of all those times. So in my past. So we came back home and I was clearly agitated at one point and kind of pulled away from him. And he recognized that, you know, something was going on for me. And he asked me what was up. And I think I hesitated enough. And I was like, uh, and he just was like, you don't have to tell me. Like if you, you do not owe me anything like you don't owe me your expression you don't owe me to share what's going on for you I would love to know and if you want to share I'm here and I'm interested but take all the time you need and you don't you don't have to tell me if you don't want to and I was just like whoa (laughs) it was mind-blowing feels really big it was huge I've never had any anyone say that to me before and I think previously I did feel like I owed my expression to my partner. I did feel like I had to explain myself. 
that I was leaving him in the dark if I didn't. And also that, you know, as the woman in the relationship, because I'm in mostly heterosexual relationships with men, it was sort of my job to do a lot of the emotional processing for the relationship too. So that I, I felt this in past relationships where, you know, since he was disconnected from his feelings, like, I became sort of overly connected with mine for both of us, oh, wow. if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that, that feels really big. I, f- I can think of past relationships where I, I was the believer that that was unacceptable as well. Mm-hmm. Like, no, if there's any, any tension, any challenge, like we need to talk about it immediately. We need to, we need to like bring it to the light so we can fix it. Right. Right. Yeah. So the, the notion that you like, you get to have this private that, that your internal world yeah. is your private world to yeah. share as you, as you choose, right. and to like to be loved with that kind of a spaciousness. Yeah, yeah, that feels really good. It feels really good. Yeah, it's that it's that piece of like true true love. It sounds now I'm starting to sound cheesy. True love, <laughs> um, but <laughs> a true loving, truly loving relationship has an essence of freedom in it. Yeah. Because if I'm loving you, I'm loving all of you as this dynamic entity. Mm. And if I have to contain you and, and control your behavior or how you interact with me, then that isn't isn't really there. So to feel like, great job, Max. Yeah. (laughs) So hot. So hot. And yeah, I love this notion that control often when I think of control, I think of, controlling my partner to not do something Mm -hmm. like you know please don't flirt with this other woman or you know be don't stay out later than this time or you know but to think that I hadn't really until this moment actually thought about the control of yeah you have to tell me how you're feeling you have to tell me what's going on and oh my god have I played that at that side of it in a relationship (laughs) right good god (laughs) where I'm like you know trying to extract information from him and be just like tell me what's going on in there these impossible men that didn't care about us because they wouldn't tell us every waking thought yeah Yeah. like (laughs) yeah and to really get that like sometimes it's not time to talk about it sometimes the idea hasn't sort of marinated fully yet it hasn't popped open yet Sometimes, like we were just saying, you know, earlier, like we're, I'm not the best person for my partner to talk to about an issue. So his sense of privacy could actually be doing us a huge favor, which is of course something that when we're in, when I've been at least in the throes of that anxiety pattern of my partner's, you know, not taste a stone wall, not telling me anything. Right. It can be really hard to let go in trust and just trust his judgment, trust that, Mm. um, he is going to make the best choice for himself and that him making the best choice for himself is ultimately going to help me make the best choices for myself. Yeah. And that that's just, just sort of being like, okay, you know, like it's, it's not time yet. Yeah. I can feel that, that trust feels like a really important piece in that. that I, I trust that my partner as, is as committed to the us as I am. Mm. And that part of the way they take care of that us is taking care mm. of themselves. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> but right like that, yeah. I think that's where that essential uh, message comes from in there. And so if I can b- shove my anxiety and my reactivity behind and just like settle into that trust of like, yeah. okay, they love me. And if it's something that they need to share with me, they will share when it's time. Yeah. And, and even like the trust, I know that uh, Lee and I have shared when we're trying to like navigate where we are. It's like trust that we're probably going to screw up mm-hmm. and we're both committed and have the capacity to do repair. Yeah. You know, and like trusting yeah, that beautiful. if we screw up, that doesn't mean we don't care about each other. It doesn't mean we don't love, love each other. We're just, we're, we're figuring this out. We're, yeah. we're creating whole new ways of being in relationship together. It's, yeah. it's going to be kind of bumpy and messy. Yeah. But gosh, that. Like just like trusting each other, man. Mm-hmm. On that level, mm-hmm. it feels really. It feels really good, really good and spacious and new. Yeah, yeah, for me too. I mean, I think trust for me has been a massive problem from my past, and I remember. Gosh, it was just a couple of months ago. I think when we, I don't know if it was related to us really starting to talk about opening up our relationship romantically with other people or just even touching on that topic you know Mm -hmm. it wasn't like anything was happening but it was just a sense of like 
yeah, I don't remember if that's what precipitated me really exploring trust and I was having some jealousy. It was probably jealousy that's related. Yeah. yeah. Um, because that's, those two can go together so much and really getting that like mistrust is not a space to hang out in a relationship. And I don't think I understood that before at all. I didn't, I had a lot of thoughts like, well, I'm going to stay mistrustful until proven otherwise, mm. or I just don't trust you yet, you know? And sure, there is deepening layers of trust that I feel in my partnership and with my friends and with everybody that right. I know. Of course, the longer we've been in it, the more repair conversations we've had, the more experiences we've been through, you know, intensity that we've experienced together. Of course, like my sense of trust deepens. But I think before I thought it was acceptable to be mistrustful of my partner. And I really don't let myself do that anymore. Yeah, like they had to prove themselves before. Yeah, and they that, had to prove yeah. themselves. And it, maybe they hadn't yet. And I was like, well, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting mm. to give you my trust. You know, I'm waiting until I feel comfortable. I'm waiting to feel safe. I'm waiting. And I think um, our friend Hannah Taylor, actually, who we I was love. just thinking today. <laughs> I just said this because she said some brilliant things about this. She did. Yes. That was a big, she's on Facebook. You can follow her. And she also has, you know, online programs and does coaching and stuff. She's brilliant. And I remember her talking about, and this was when I was in my, my, part, my previous partnership, so this was like a couple of years ago, and it really changed my, changed my perception of trust, which was that if you, if you can't trust your guy, if, if, you, if you don't authentically trust him, then he's not, he's not your guy. He's not your guy. Yeah, and that it's, it's less about figuring out how to trust the guy I'm with, and it's more about gravitating towards men, partners, friends, who I, who I naturally feel trust with, who I, whose leadership I can surrender to, whose co-leadership I can surrender to, who I feel comfortable with, with how they operate in the world, you know, our values align, whatever it is that sort of innately builds that feeling of, yeah, I can, I can give my, I can trust this person. Yeah. I can take that risk. And Mm -hmm. part of it is, I think that she also shared was that I can take that risk because ultimately I trust myself. Mm -hmm. So I trust myself that if my partner, friend, whoever does something that doesn't feel in alignment, that doesn't work, it doesn't resonate. I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to change how I operate in this relationship or take myself out of the relationship because I'm not dependent on you for my to operate in, in a certain way. I just get to, I'm informed by the way you operate right. and I get to choose. Like, right. I've got me, does this work? Can we align on this? Right. And that felt really big. Like, so ultimately you're, you're extending trust. You get to extend your trust in yourself to mm-hmm. others. Totally. Yeah. And I really feel that has been, that's a really big cornerstone of infinite relating for me that we haven't, you and I haven't talked about so much or that we haven't articulated, which is that I, Part of what makes infinite relating feel safe for me, what makes my relationship feel safe and what allows me to not manage or control him at all is that I know that my primary job is to just react appropriately to his behavior and that's it. You know, like if he does something that I love, then I get to enjoy that and I often will move closer or I'll just bask in it and it's great. (laughs) Yes. But if he ever were to do something I really didn't like, um, and it's happened too, you know, not, not in any major way, but just even, you know, in small ways, like he's, he's into something that I'm like, eh, that doesn't really interest me. That is okay. And it's even necessary. I think in a partnership, it's just, it's how I maintain my sense of personal safety to just turn away from that and focus on something else, you know? Right. And at the end of the day, I think that that's how I would picture a relationship really evolving and changing potentially you know what we might call in dominant culture breaking up but that we're not sure that anyone actually breaks up <laughs> in infinite relating or if the nature of you know it just evolves into something different right um we'll see we haven't gone there yet <laughs> but um yeah I think that's how it would actually happen for me is it's it's much less about well let me track everything you're doing and all the details and do I approve of your behavior or do I not, you know, you know, yeah, it's so exhausting and it's so right. It just puts me in their business all the time instead to really just honor that if Max continually did things that I didn't like that felt out of integrity for me and, you know, a few attempts at being like, Hey, this, this doesn't feel right for me or I'm worried our values don't line up or whatever. Then it's really just about, turning away yeah how you respond yeah how I respond and turning back to myself and and just that I mean it's it seems so simple but it's like so radical that when our partner does something that we don't like to turn inward for us to turn for me to turn inward 
it's so different than everything I did before and that I learned, which was like, if my partner does something I don't like, I have to go over there and and change them and fix it, you know? And I even like the distinction you said, when you turn away, you turn inward. It's not Mm -hmm. an avoidant, Mm -hmm. I'm punishing you by taking my attention away from you or I'm running away from. It's you're just turning back towards yourself. Totally. And I think just like the subtle energy in that is really important in it. Important. Yeah, Yeah, right. It's not like turning away from him. It's like turning towards myself. And then from that space, actually getting to realize, what do I need and want from here? You know, what, and, and this is, this kind of, um, does tie back into our original topic, which is that the sense of privacy to me, also why it was so impactful that Costco night, the, 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 what's the word, the fabled, the famous, there's some <laughs> word I'm looking for that I can't think of, but that Costco night, um, where him saying, you don't owe me your expression, you don't owe me your truth, like you don't owe me anything, really squarely put me back into myself and reminded me of the reality that we are sovereign beings who are Mm. actively choosing to be together, that we don't owe each other anything, that we're not beholden to each other, that we can be deeply committed even in a partnership and still that sense of personal sovereignty is the foundation of everything. And that to me part of that's part of why I love this privacy topic and that experience of remembering that I don't owe my partner my expression I don't have to run to him immediately often in fact it's not the best choice to run to him immediately because it reminds me all the time that I am that my participation is optional yeah in the relationship it's something that I give and something that I can take away and that that right is just so mm like jaw-dropping for me still and it almost feels like contrary like saying it out loud here it's like ooh, you know people gonna take that the wrong way like what you're not committed right yeah absolutely committed loyal like yeah and it's just I think that for me the most safety and pleasure and everything all the amazing things I'm experiencing in my partnership right now is because I know at any moment this relationship like could be revoked either either of you yeah Yeah, could decide oh this isn't aligned anymore so Knowing what a like remembering what a gift it is, yeah, yeah, that and yeah, that we're we're choosing to be here because it's bringing such great things to our life, yeah, yeah. And there was I wouldn't even not acknowledge too like the trust. There was a trust that Max was extending you by saying like you don't have to tell me like totally. I trust that you know whatever it is you're going to manage, yeah. And if I need to know, you'll let me know. But the, so that just feeling that trust both ways like yeah. that needs to be there for that. Absolutely, but, yeah. And I feel like we were talking about that a little bit earlier, like you saying. You know, that's that's sort of the other side of the coin. Like one side is, okay, I'm going to self-investigate. You know, I've got a thing coming up, whatever it is, an emotion or a thought or a feeling or um, are emotions and feelings the same? I don't know. They feel different, don't they? I feel, like they, I feel like they could be different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta well, we'll go down that, that rabbit hole. Totally. <laughs> but something's coming up and there's my compulsion to share and then my self-reflection around who who's the best, what's the best avenue to explore this and maybe it's not with my partner and then sort of you were talking about like that also goes both ways where then we need to or the opportunity is there to extend that trust to my partner too and say well he might be going through something but I might not be the best person for him to talk to about this absolutely and I think that one of the big things that I've been learning with Lee uh, that feels newer to me and just like the awareness feels newer to me is that generally if if there's something if I feel tension in him if Mm. I feel struggle and there's that like anxious part of me like okay what's wrong what did I do I I need to I need to find out and fix it really trusting that most of the time as much as that little part and that voice in my head wants to tell me it doesn't have anything to do with me most of the time that tension is actually other parts of his life Mm. and so just like choosing to trust that if it is anything to do with me if there is anything that he needs to share I I I really trust that he'll he'll let me know. And so I can give it spaciousness. Yeah. Uh, that is so different. <laughs> so different. That I just want to pause and be like, whoa, <laughs> that is so different than the way that I've been in relationships in the past. I feel like how, I mean, I would wager a lot of people listening have, ha- have had the experience of oh something's gosh. going on for my partner. I have to know what it is. The hypervigilance mm-hmm. of any of us who've been in any type of anxious or codependent, any, t- any of those like, even if that's not your default attachment, but we mm-hmm. just, we all go there. Yeah. And anytime something is, is awry with your partner, it's like, you just, you jump to like, what did I do? Yeah. What's wrong? Why? What? But yeah, I don't, 
it's not even I'm I'm learning that that's not that's not where I need to go I just like there's so much trust that either of us if we have a challenge we're going to share it with each other when we're ready yeah yeah and so is there anything that you do like if you pictured that situation where Lee's going through something you can tell that he's got something big brewing inside and you, you know, maybe the terminology that we might use is that he's bottling it, even though that in and of itself is sort of insulting. So it makes it sound like, Oh, he should be well, expressing it. We all not. know that Lee's not a bottler. <laughs> <laughs> so that so helps. something's going on. That helps him, a lot. Let's just say <laughs> something's going on for him and he's, he's not revealing it to you and you feel that anxious part come out. Is there anything specific that you've done? to self-manage or to soothe yourself or like, what do you do in that situation? I, I say, I'll say I'm very lucky. It helps that Lee doesn't bottle. Like mm-hmm. he's very transparent. Even if it's just letting me know, like, Hey, I'm um, already starting to think about work or starting to think right. about this thing that's stressing me out. Like he, I get a lot of check-ins from him, which has been just really reassuring and just help helping me train my nervous system. Yeah. Um, so if that's not there or right. And especially if like, I usually feel his tension before he shares it. Right. Um, I think it's just a, it is like a self-soothing practice just to remind myself of, um, like it's kind of like a self-talk that, um, it's not my job to fix like any energy outside of me. Mm, Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Like that, it's not my job to fix any. So feeling that, yeah, I, I just trust like the world, if it's mine, it's going to become clear one way or another and then I will deal with it. Otherwise, that storyteller in my brain, she she's really mean yeah. and generally creates all kinds of things that are so not based in reality. So reminding myself that like if I don't have enough information to do any like good problem solving. So like, tell, you know, I need to calm her down yeah. and know that when it comes tr- kind of comes through, I'm going to have the tools to actually manage it. But there's yeah. I think it's just yeah, learning to know those parts of me, like know those parts of me that um, will story tell before I have any information. And if I get into that mode, I'm like, Oh, this isn't even based in reality and that's not going to serve me. So it's just that reminding myself and trusting, trusting Lee that that if, if it's meant for me, I will, will, will deal with it soon. Right. Yeah. And, and part of it's too, like I've become more trustworthy in that too. Mm. So it's like, I think as both ways. And I know for me, I was sharing with you earlier, what, like one of the things that really, I, I'm really loving that I get to share everything with Lee. Like this new world of transparency is like showing or sharing like this. I'm having this feeling in my body. I'm having this sensation. I'm having this tension, but there have been times where it wasn't, it, it wasn't, it didn't make sense to share with him yet. Like when I've gone in the red, mm, when yeah. I like called you and I'm like, yeah. fuck him, I'm leaving the state. <laughs> <laughs> Very rare moments. But it was just like, I'm having a really big feeling. I don't know why. Yeah. And if I dump this on him, it's going right. to be really unfair. Yeah. Um, and, and probably hurtful. And very um, projecting. Mm. You know, because mm-hmm. it was that sensation of like, you did something... But it was even, that was like less of the sensation. It was more like, I'm hurting, I don't know why. Yeah. And the old story is that it must be their, his fault. Right. And so to go to him. So anytime I've had that energy where I was like, I don't have clarity about why I'm having this really intense, hard like, sensation around him. Or um, when I've had a sensation or awareness like um, of disappointment. Mm. There was a time I remember, I'm like, I'm feeling disappointed. And to me, disappointed isn't a feeling it's a story around a feeling. Mm. And so I was like, to me, disappointment is my projection. Mm. Like you, I had an expect, I created an expectation and you let me down. And so now I'm feeling disappointed. And so when I sit with it, it there's under the disappointment is there's like sadness. There's mm. maybe some wounding about um, not getting something that I think I was supposed to or feeling right. abandoned. And so it, it didn't feel helpful to come or even kind or fair, like the way I wanted to treat someone I love and care about to come to them with this like story of disappointment without having, you know, any, it just felt like it was, it was blaming. Yeah. And so w- when I was able to investigate with you, I was really able to feel like, Oh, I'm feeling sad because this thing that I thought might happen that we were going to do together isn't happening. And so that's letting me know, Oh, I wanted to have this time together. So now I have a need that I can have form like a direct request and so then I was able to come to him with that and that, and that enabled me to get what I actually want. Hmm. 
instead of just like dumping this yes. experience on him. Absolutely. So these type of things, it's like if I don't, usually I want to share. Usually if, if it doesn't feel charged or even if it feels like really big and really heavy, like I feel oh, so much of my emotion in like as like chest pain and like tightness mm. around my throat. And I can share that. But if, it, if there's a story attached to it that yeah. feels like I'm blaming, mm-hmm. that that's when I don't want to share yet that's why i don't want to share with him anyways that's when i want to come to you or friends or yeah yeah leave really long voice messages (laughs) and sometimes just like the long voice message by the end of it i'm like oh there i am totally i think many of the times we're we're like we start like i need help i need your support and then 10 minutes to the end we're like oh there there it is there it is i just needed that spaciousness talk to you yeah even if you're not talking back right exactly (laughs) i need to know you were listening sending me your positive energy yeah um but yeah, so so me learning to do that process on my own, uh, I think helps me trust him too. Like, oh, he's got his own process. And, right, exactly. And yeah, and we're both, and again, like you said, the trust is building and building. The more we're into it, the more I trust that we really, we both really want to be in this us. Yeah. And so we're going to take care of it in ways that we can, as long as it's it's not, you know, it still feels in alignment. Yeah. So uh, that. I love that so much. Yeah, I really like exploring these options of, you know, when we're when we're having these feelings of, like you're saying, like, I'm triggered, I'm, there's, there's lots of kind of messy, raw emotion that I my and my intuition from examining myself a little bit taking that time to, to think, who is the best? Where, where's the best resource for me here? Yeah. And just t- thinking through the options of talking to a friend journaling. Yeah, you know, I used to be this big nature. like poo pooer of journaling. I was like, I'm not gonna fucking journal. And now I journal all the time <laughs> when I'm that. when I'm upset because it does help me sort of uh, you know run through all of the big emotion and then get to the bottom more of what's going on. That's so funny. I've used to be such a big journaler, and now I hate it because it's so slow. Uh, I just need to send you all my messages. Right. <laughs> so thank you for being my journal. <laughs> so my pleasure. Yeah, going to nature, another really good one. Moving nature. my body, going to all dance. these things. Yeah. And I think it's worth talking about at the end here that there are times for me too when, and I believe that are relatively universal, when it's really important to talk to your partner Mm. and actually to tell them what's going on. And the two that I can think of, and I'd love to hear if you can think of any also are if I'm in the red um, about the relationship. I mean, I guess this might be a gray area for for you that based on what you were just saying, but for me... I guess it would be less intellectual and more we're hanging out and I'm having a trauma response and my body's shutting down and I'm, you know, I'm freezing up and I'm going into some kind of spiral. Right. That's something that I've, I've learned is very beneficial to tell him immediately. Right. Um, So again, this could be different for everyone. So maybe that one's less universal. The second one though, (laughs) this first one for me, maybe, maybe this resonates with some people and maybe not. Yeah. I think it would be, um, kind of a more in the moment experience of shutdown and it could be like during sex it could be at costco mm. it could be whatever but for me to just be able to say i'm going into a trauma response has been so huge so hugely transformative for me instead mm. of being like oh i'll just go manage this on my own right and then come back to him um i tried doing that the first few times i went into trauma responses in our relationship and it didn't get me anywhere and but just revealing it to him has had a huge effect for me that's been really positive. So I would say there's certain times where, you know, blurting it out, even if it is a little bit messy, right? you know, and even if you don't, especially when I don't know, I don't know what to do. You know, I, I'm just starting to go kind of, you know, dissociated here. And so, yeah. Um, so maybe it's like dissociation kind of, you know, those kinds of things I think are really helpful to tell. Yes. And essential. And then the big one, though, is that if if my actions or something that I've done directly impacts Max or a partner or a lover in a way that they have not consented to, that you have to talk about. And I love that one, that they have not consented to. Yeah. And that, that would be really like, important. you know, I slept with someone else, you know, didn't use protection, and then I'm going to sleep with Max and not tell him is not is unacceptable to me in any kind of relationship, poly or otherwise, because even monogamous people sleep with other people sometimes. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) 
So that's just the easiest example. And I'm sure we could think of lots of other ones, but anything that takes away anything where he has lost his ability to choose and that takes away his sovereignty, for example, choosing his sexual health, stuff like that, that is something that, you know, we also chronically see, which is like, I'm going to wait for the right time to bring this up. It's really hard to talk about. I've done something that maybe I agreed not to. I've broken my word. Right. I've done something controversial. You know, it's never easy to talk about those things. Yeah. And while it's okay to get support, you know, ahead of time to to try to get that conversation to go as successfully as possible, that's not that that is a different situation that's in its own category where privacy your your privacy is no longer justified in that. Yeah, and that's it feels like that's like the withholding category where like when there's this like intentional withhold of something that I think is relevant to my partner. And I would even like definitely the non-consent because that like the you know having not having consent about what your sexual health is. Mm-hmm. That feels very true and real. But I would even say if you have relationship agreements mm-hmm. and you're operating outside of those agreements, I think at some point the you need to share that so they get to consent, consent to being in that type of relationship. Totally. Like as this relationship's evolving, is this still the type of relationship I want to be in? Yeah. And 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 that's just it's like a great talk, a great time to come together to be to say like, do we need to change the agreements or this isn't working? You know, like. Mm-hmm. But there's some. It's any time that you're taken out of consent for what you're participating in. Right. That feels really. Yeah. Yeah, it feels really important. Yeah, we got to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully the sooner the better. That's that one. <laughs> and the first one, never mind me, as I was going to say it, I'm forgetting. Um, no, the going red mm-hmm. or the trauma response. I will say, I'm def- yeah, especially if you're in person and you're having that dissociative mm-hmm. or trauma response, that makes sense to absolutely share it. And part of what I've been learning, so I'm not um, like withholding when there's high tension or when I feel like I want to run away or leave the state or leave the country. Um, (laughs) for me, sometimes that's just letting them know or letting him know I'm feeling avoidant right now. I want to run away. I want to move away. Like sharing that's like, and that's all I can share and then go and process with you or somebody else. And, and he's been so loving and accepting. He's like, of course. He's like, run away. He's like, yeah. You know, I see how you look at me. I know you come back. Totally. <laughs> but uh, <it's> so hot. <laughs> yeah. But it, just to like be able to be like, I, I see you. I care about you. I want you to know I'm having this experience, and I'm also not ready to process it mm-hmm. with you. Right. That's beautiful. It feels yeah, and that feels great. And then and then he trusts, and I trust that. When we're ready, we will. Yeah. Especially if it's relevant and affects the other in any way. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Some good options. We're doing such a great job. We are. We're like, these are whole new tools and patterns that yeah. I that I was not. That I've definitely, like, and I want to acknowledge, like, I've had some really, I want to just, like, shout out to my amazing lovers the last couple of years. I've had some beautiful lovers the last couple of years who have helped me, like, learn into and grow into some of these tools. But to really kind of have them like gel together, yeah. To be to be a good lover, yeah, yeah, and to show respect. I mean, that to me is what I think was missing in a lot of my partnerships in the past that I didn't even understand that I, and not just that it was missing, but that I wasn't actively creating it or participating in respectful ways myself. So absolutely, again, not, not that that's something that should just be handed to me. Um, And again, it kind of feels like trust with respect where, you know, I don't think that I take issue with some of the, again, memes, (laughs) it's a lot of memes (laughs) that you see out there, which is like, you know, everyone deserves respect. And I actually don't, okay, everyone does deserve respect universally in terms of like, I deserve to be respected in all my relationships, but that doesn't mean that any particular person has to respect me. You know, like I can't say to Max, for example, like, that he needs to, that, you know, I, I deserve his respect. I don't deserve his specific respect. Like I deserve my partner's respect. So if my partner stops respecting me, that's a good sign that I either need to go find a new partner or go to therapy. (laughs) I I was like, I was waiting for that. (laughs) That's yeah. Yeah. Because it's like respect again is freely given. That's not something that is owed to me. Um, but would I want to hang out in a partnership where someone's not respecting me? No. You know, and should someone hang out with me if I'm not respecting them? No. And how many times have men done that? Because, you know, they love me and I'm, you know, whatever. They were, were in it. Um, right. So that feels like another one that's like that where the privacy issue, I think, 
what it ultimately boils down to is this sense of like, nobody owes me anything. And it's respectful to honor another human being's autonomy, you know, and to, to show that, um, you know, respect for them as another adult that can make good choices that knows themselves, that's learning about themselves, that's going through a spiritual growth process, just like I am, like you said, that will tell me when it becomes relevant. Right. Um, and that, yeah, it just, uh, I just, it's, it, I marvel, not in a good way though, whatever the, <laughs> I cringe <laughs> at how little respect I used to show my partners and how much disrespect I put up with too, right. you know, and thought was just how it went, um, and what, you know, kind of the cost of relationships or that I didn't deserve. Yeah. We were taught better. they were hard and you struggle mm-hmm. and, and they were yeah. almost like, it was almost, you were almost in competition with each other. Mm. Like, yeah, I feel like there was this less of this collaborative. It was like, there's like, yeah. it was like the scarcity of resources that you would almost, mm. there's scarcity of respect and trust. And so you kind of right. had to like fight for it. Oh, huh, interesting. I don't know. It's a whole nother rabbit hole. I, I know. I'm quite ready to go and do. Let's talk more sometime. Uh, okay. How about Maybe next, next week? week? Yes! <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We wanted to let you know a couple of things. And one is that we started a Facebook group. Yes, a, a fun private Facebook group so we can talk. Yeah. Vulnerably. The Infinite Relating Podcast. If you go search it up, it is a private group, but it's a public, it's a public private group. I don't know how that works. <laughs> you can, you can find, find it publicly. <laughs> we just have to approve you. Because yeah. we want it to be a closed container so people can be yeah. feel free to be vulnerable. So go join it if you're not in it already. And if you are, ask us questions. Like, talk about the episode. Let us know your thoughts and feelings. We would love to engage with you more because people have mentioned that they really want to be able to have a forum where they can share. So that's it. And I would love to answer questions Mm -hmm. that come up on the podcast. That would be, yeah. Yeah. That would be really fun. Yeah, totally. And? And the other offer is that... Bez, this is Bez, by the way. I realize some people don't know. Yeah, you like, can't see us. I know. <laughs> Not yet. You don't know my voice. <laughs> yeah, I'm offering coaching. Um, I'm a certified coach. I used to be a sex coach for about eight years. Took a little break and had a little renaissance and midlife crisis. <laughs> and I'm back. And I'm really excited to offer infinite relating coaching to anyone who is in a relationship and wants to make it more infinite, who's single, it doesn't matter what your status is. If this work interests you, if you resonate with it, if you're like, oh my God, these people are speaking my language and how do I apply this to my life? Reach out to me. You can do that um, on the Facebook page or you can find me also Bez Stone. Yeah. Great. See you next week. Thanks, Bez. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. Hang out with us more at infinite relating dot love and stay infinite.